Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Amidon. And I'm Ann Monroe. And this is the Teacher's Journey, Mile Markers and the Road to Better Teaching, a podcast series where we discuss stories of teacher development. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Mississippi School of Education and is an Amidon Planet production. Back at it, Dr. Monroe. You, uh, you ready for recording another episode here? I'm ready. I've got my headphones on. I've gotten really fancy lately with my uh, podcasting equipment. You sound I'm great. I'm semi-professional now. Um, I don't have the fancy microphone cover you have, Dr. Amadon, but I'll get there. Uh, so I am ready. And uh, today we're tra- We're really on the road. We're traveling to Tupelo, Mississippi. That's right. We have Abby Timms with us. Abby, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. What about y'all? Oh, we're doing great. well. It's <laughs> a beautiful day. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. I know you just got done with student teaching for today and probably rushed home to, to do this. So we really yes. appreciate you spending the time. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad to be here. Abby, can you take a second to uh, introduce uh, yourself to the listeners? Okay, so I'm Abby Timms, and I'm a senior at the University of Mississippi Tupelo campus. Um, I have actually worked with children um, for about four years now, and um, now I'm finishing up my student teaching, and I will graduate in May. Woohoo! It's exciting. Yay! <laughs> Very exciting. And what were the experiences that you had beforehand, Abby, in, in you said working with children? Yes. Yeah, so I started working in daycares um, right after I graduated high school in 2018. Um, and I've been with lots of age groups, but I mainly was with three-year-olds. Um, so I have worked a lot with, you know, I didn't see myself as a babysitter. I kind of went in and I wanted to teach them. And so I really got to see a lot of that um, early literacy development, you know, working with that age group and mm-hmm. see how it impacts kids by the time they get to um, public school. So it's been very beneficial. Wow. Look at that. I love that. Thinking about the early literacy and kind of getting that spark to, to continue your education. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So, um, we like to start with this like countdown. So we start with three things. So three things we want you to do is, or we want you to thank three teachers who have shaped your development as a person. Okay. Um, so there's many I could thank, um, but the first one would probably be my kindergarten teacher. Um, she's one that I will never forget, Miss um, Mentioner. And she was always just very kind and uppy. And she always just made everybody's day. Like she was always happy to be there. And she made sure you felt loved going into the classroom. Um, So I always kind of strive to be like her. Um, The second one would have to be um, one of my professors, actually, um, with the university. Um, And that would be Dr. Deidre Jackson. Um, Her class is the reason, you know, for my mile marker that I'll be talking about. Um, and I just like the way that she taught her class and the way that we did the research and we discussed in the class, the way that she taught things was very beneficial and I liked it. Um, and the last one would have to be my clinical instructor um, that I'm student teaching with. She is wonderful and she's a great mentor and she has helped me grow so much just in this last semester. And um, she's just a great person and she's always there and there to help me. And, um, she's never, you know, been, um, rude in any way. She's just always very helpful and she does things in a very sincere way. So what is her name, Abby? Miss Bridges. Nice. And what school? Just a little shout out. Elementary. Fantastic. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What about uh, two reasons or events that led you to become a teacher? Um, so it's probably the cliche answer, but I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was born and I was playing teacher in my room every day. I mean, it just, it was in my heart to do it. Um, but I think when I, you know, I mentored when I was in high school, a senior, I mentored a first grade class. And that was one of the moments that assured me that this is what I want to do. Um, I loved it. And then, you know, of course, I started working in daycares and that really, you know, I was like, yeah, this is where my heart is and my passion for teaching is for sure. Dr. Monroe, you're noticing a pattern here with these early experiences? Like, I absolutely am. And uh, Abby, on some of our previous podcasts, there's sort of a um, a pattern of when people have an experience early on with teaching and it sort of sparks a passion for them and sort mm-hmm. of shines a light on that path to teaching, which is kind of amazing. Love that. That happened to me. Yes, for well. sure. Yeah, it happened to me. And, like, and even too, like, when you were the, you know, you're that, the cool kid in the schools, you're coming down to the first grade, you said first grade classroom, like, and like, like those kids might have been so excited to see. Yes, they they were. (laughs) I know the third graders were excited to see me when I came down to the classroom. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we get down to, so we did the three, the three teachers. We did the, the two uh, reasons or events that lead you to become a teacher. And now let's think about this, placing this mile marker. So this moment on your path to better teaching, this mile marker and your path to better teaching. So uh, what is your, what is your mile mark? What is your moment? Um, so my moment would be learning that the early years of a child's life are so important in how they learn and develop. Um, and working in daycares is what taught me that and working with, you know, the younger age groups, the pre-K age group, Um, Because when I started working in daycares and I noticed, you know, I was like, wow, you know, these years are so important um, and what happens. So that's pretty cool with like the, you know, that you had this practical experience where you like you had this intuition that something's there, but then you had the opportunity in. And so this is in Dr. Jackson's class. Yeah, this I realized this when I was working in daycares, but. In Dr. Jackson's class, we, um, it's kind of funny because her class, I dreaded it. It was, I was never one that liked researching or writing, but I got into her class and I realized I was like, okay, you know, this is different because she, we really got to discuss things and it was all based on education. And she said, I want you to find something that you're passionate about or that you want to learn more about in the education field. And I immediately knew I was like, this is, you know, what I want to do because I had a moment when I was, when I first started in daycares, um, you know, I went in the three-year-old classroom and I didn't want to just babysit them. You know, I wanted to teach them. Well, there was only one student in that class that knew, you know, how to write her name, um, her letters, her shapes, knew everything and to write. But then the other kids, they, it was, you know, like foreign language to them and they didn't know anything. So it kind of hit me. I was like, you know, why is that? Um, and I soon realized that she had a guardian at home that worked with her at home constantly on the early literacy skills and worked with her on writing and teaching her all these things. And I was like, oh, okay. So what, you know, guardians or parents do at home or what kids are 
you know, exposed to in the home makes such an impact when they come to school. Um, So that is kind of what drove my research in that class. And I really enjoyed, you know, getting to further that research, but it was all based on that personal experience I had. Yeah. And what I like about that, Abby, is that um, that interest and passion of yours is something that really can inform your uh, work as an elementary school teacher. So it's not just about, you know, uh, a desire to work with very young children. It's a desire to understand how young children learn and right. development is all about and how that can inform any teacher, regardless of what they're teaching. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really great. And I think, you know, speaks to the importance of our um, pre-service teachers, teacher candidates, um, having that background in, in child development and understanding um, how that works and the influence that ex- that, um, experience and um, home life and early early experiences have on kids. So that's great. Right. right. And I like how, I mean, another thing, just another thing is like, just you went into this class with like maybe some sort of apprehension on the research and the writing, but then given that choice as a student to like say, hey, you can have some selection and choice and it's going to be, yes. it's relevant to you and, and what you want to do in the future. So like, even thinking about that from a teaching perspective, like yes. how do we make things more engaging for students? Like giving them some choice, giving them some ideas. So right. now like getting them to write the paper that becomes a way to express themselves and to right. on something that they're passionate about. That's, that's pretty cool too. Yes. Yes. And that's why I loved it because, you know, I think about how much I dreaded this class and I just was like, I'm not going to make it. I don't like this, but then I ended up, it was one of the best classes I've ever taken at the university um, because I just, I enjoyed getting to, you know, enhance my knowledge on something I'm so passionate about um, and that I could, you know, at the end of the class, we did all the research and then I ended up making like a video to kind of, you know, show all that I researched. And I just want to be able, you know, to spread awareness of, you know, anybody can be the influence and it's the little things that make a huge difference, you know, in these kids and their, in their development. So um, I really, it, it has influenced me so much. And I just, I'm so passionate about just sharing the word and just making sure that people realize that it doesn't have to be the parents or just anything extravagant, you know, it's just the little things of how you talk to the kids on what you expose them to. Um, So I really enjoyed getting to do that. It was like demystifying it a little bit. Like you don't have to be the, you don't have to be a certified teacher to be like, like right. influence influence your your student and or influence your child and and they're right. you know, sitting there with a book is is great which brings me back to one of uh uh dr monroe's favorite people is uh dolly parton in the imagination library which i don't know it, you familiar with that abby yes i am yeah mm-hmm. i mean my kids they got i mean my son jack he was a just you know, he got a book of was it a book a month and up and correct from for the birth first until kindergarten, and wow. it was amazing. Like all these books, and then yeah. you know, like the excitement. And so they, you know, they didn't even know that Dolly Parton sang. They just know that Dolly Parton <laughs> sent sending me books. She's the book lady it's to some kids. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's kind of amazing that to make sure like these kids have books in their home. That's that's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And you kind of answered this, but I'll, I'll just open it up just in case there's something you missed. But why was this mile marker important to your growth as a teacher? Um, so it was, you know, it made such an impact on me. And it was a mile marker because it really showed me, OK, when you go into the classroom and I don't 
I guess I went into when I went into daycare and I went into the three-year-old classroom, I guess I just kind of expected the kids to already know, you know, their basics or that I could teach it to them and they would catch on. But it really taught me that when you go into the classroom, you're going to have such diverse backgrounds or home environments, you know, whether it's socioeconomic status, culture, or, you know, whether the guardians and parents had education or not. Um, So kids are coming from so many different backgrounds and home lives that when they come in that classroom, you know, it's my job as the teacher to say, okay, how do I take this and make the classroom environment the most beneficial to them, even though they come from different, you know, backgrounds. Um, So it really showed me like, okay, I have to, you know, prepare my lessons or teach in different ways that's going to benefit each child because they're not all going to have the same skills coming into the classroom. Um, So that definitely, it, it was a big lesson and it has, it continues to impact my teaching today. Why is this mile marker important to the field? So this is where we try to tie things to those in test standards. So what standards kind of line up with this moment of growth for you, Abby? Um, so I, you know, I think it ties to the NTAS standard one about learner development. Um, so like the teacher understands how um, learners grow and develop, recognizing that patterns of learning and development vary individually within and across cognitive, linguistic, social, emotional, and physical areas and designs and implements development developmentally appropriate and challenging learning experiences. Um, So that kind of goes back to what I said, Um, you know, recognizing that the children will come into the classroom with varying levels of development and learning. And so how do I, you know, take what I know and make the classroom beneficial for every student, you know, because, you know, I know like me in the classroom, I have was a very visual learner. I had to see things. And so that's one thing, you know, knowing that kids and I was not one that caught on to things very quickly. So, you know, you're going to have some students that catch on to it quickly and then some that don't. So how can I when I'm teaching them, what can I do to um, make sure that every child is understanding it or getting the best um education they can you know it's my job to make sure that I implement those different strategies to ensure that yeah and I think go ahead Dr. Amidon no you go well I was just saying you just said something I was going to say I think you're I think the standard you mentioned is dead on but also um, standard seven which you just kind of spoke to at the end of that last comment you made it's the planning for instruction yeah teacher plans instruction that supports every student in meeting rigorous learning goals by drawing upon knowledge of content area curriculum cross-disciplinary skills and pedagogy as well as knowledge of learners in the community context so Mm -hmm. kind of knowing your students knowing where they are knowing the their background where they're coming from really helps you in the planning process Um, right right so i think that's really important yeah Mm -hmm. And I think collaboration with that one, too, is, you know, collaborating with, you know, maybe other educators or even like the parents and guardians say, you know, okay, how what works best with this student? You know, how do they learn? Well, what are their interests? You know, really getting to know your students so you can implement 
those things because just like with me, you know, I had a research class and she piqued my interest. So I really, you know, I skyrocketed in that class versus if it was just, you know, a topic given to me, I, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have tried as hard or I wouldn't have been as passionate about it. So I think that kind of goes down to these students too, you know, let's pique their interest and how they learn. And if they are visual learners, then how can we implement those things into the classroom? So that way they are, succeeding in the classroom nice nice that's good i i was also going to say i think standard two thing about learning differences too is mm-hmm. um you spoke to that as well i mean that's what's cool about these things is you know it's if you've grew from this experience and then articulate well how you grew from the experience like you can see these alignments right. with how it's important to the field it's it, it right. comes easy that's make Makes it look good. I mean, when you uh, yeah. when you come and share this like pretty rich example, that's that's great, Abby. So appreciate that. You thank you. All right. So now we come to thinking about what is your current pocket size philosophy statement. So we talk about having this this statement that you kind of carry with you that helps you make decisions about what you do in the classroom. So what's your current pocket size philosophy statement? Um. So mine has um pretty much stayed the same throughout my time in the program, but it would be a successful educator will create a love and environment for all children, no matter the differences in culture, learning ability, or economic status. Um, And I think by loving environment, you know, I don't just mean, you know, being kind or, you know, sweet to the kids. It's more like, okay, you're going into that classroom with a full passionate heart for every individual student. So you're doing everything in your power to, you know, to ensure that each student is getting the best um, environment like classroom environment or, you know, education that they can. So to me, that's what loving environment has always been to me because, um, you know, the teachers that I remember, you know, that's what they did. They had a loving heart because they were so passionate about each individual student and they did anything that they could, you know, to ensure that, you know, I would succeed or, you know, the other students would I love I love that. I absolutely love that because I think um you're you're saying your idea about what that means to be kind is about what your responsibility is as a teacher. Right. So you're taking to heart what your actual responsibility is and it completely reminds me of one of my favorite quotes about it's uh, when I approach a child he inspires me in two sentiments tenderness for what he is and respect for what he may become. Yeah, And um, that's Louis Pasteur, by the way, which is a strange person to have that quote. But anyway, um, it's this idea that your love and pa- and respect for the child is not just about, you know, your, um, your um, momentary affect with them at the time, but it's about that deep respect for, for who they are right now with that kindness and that warmth, but also who they're going to become. What do they need from me right. in order to grow and develop? into the the best possible version of themselves. And to me, yeah. that's the heart of teaching. It's the yeah. here, it's the here and now, but also with the future. So we have to make sure we're holding both of those things at the same time. Definitely. I agree. Like too, with like, you know, I like, I think a lot about love with regards to teaching as well and how we express love. And so like, and also too, Dr. Monroe and I have been doing a little, a lot of talking uh, in the recent years about, um, to make sure, and, and you spoke to this, and I just want to highlight it, like that they're getting what they need in order to advance in their learning, right? It's like not loving doesn't just mean like, well, I'm going to hide you from anything that's going to be a struggle. No, 
want to make sure we give them appropriate struggle that it's like productive struggle that, you know, if they're learning the, how to write, they're learning how to, you know, start to read, they're sounding it out. And like, we're not stealing the thunder, like making sure that like, we're just always going to read to them. So they're not never going to struggle in, in the reading. No, no, no. They need to have some of that productive right. struggle. And that's the love, right? Is to yes. let them have that kind of sheltered struggling experiences where we can help them and give them appropriate experiences where they can uh, experience and grow and keep going. And so that's, right. yeah, I, I like that a lot. And, and we can see, I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing. When you read your statement, I mean, I don't know, Dr. Monroe, you like, yep. Kind of that just heard, heard, her, heard Abby say all these things in, uh, yep. in her growth experience. It's kind of amazing how that happens. It's all connected. So now's the time where we get to we get to dump some uh, resources and things uh, that makes that maybe this makes us think about whether it be quotes from Louis Pasteur. That, <laughs> if you have that that's on your bingo chart, that's just one of chart, my favorites. I have that one in my office. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that Dr. Monroe is always surprising. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is there was a video from Constance Steinkuhler, and I think I have a link to it on my website, but I'll post a link in the show notes. Constance Steinkuhler, she's like a literacy expert, but she's also into video games. Like she loves video games. So think about video games and learning. And she had this uh, like project where she was having kids. uh, She wanted the kids to make like blogs or something. And that would like develop their literacy skills. And so trying to like, hey, they like video games and that's why they're there. But they even did, they didn't, that wasn't, they weren't getting excited about that. They were being like told what to do kind of, and they didn't really like that. They kind of started putting up their hoodies and stuff and like kind of disengaging, but then like they're playing the video game and they're like, Oh, I wonder what these stories are about. And she's like, Ooh, they've written stories about these characters in the, it was a world, world of Warcraft game or something. They've written stories. And she goes to Barnes and Noble and buys up all these books and like brings them in and just sets them on the table. And then they start struggling through it. And like their literacy skills were jumping through the roof because like, Oh, they wanted to read about this story. And it was, it was like at a reading level beyond it, but they're willing to struggle through it because they had the interest because they had everything. And so like that idea, like one of the assignment, but two of how you attach or how you get students engaged in what you want them to do in the classroom. Like there is something about that interest. There is something about letting students have choice. There is something about like, um, you know, what's the goal? The goal is for them to start reading or the goal for is that for them to do the assignment. How do they do the assignment? What do they choose to do it on? Like there, there's some power there in, in that yes. tapping into that engagement muscle of students. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think, uh, I sort of thought of when you were talking, Abby is, um, a resource that I used a lot, um, in my, uh, doctoral program, actually, and looking at um, young children and child development, and uh, particularly for me, emotional development, but all the materials that are available through um, NACI and AEYC, National mm. Association for the, uh, well, I always forget what I'm saying, I'm saying it's National Association for the uh, Education of Young Children. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have great resources. And of course, NACI has its own standards for early childhood programs. Um, and that, you know, early childhood programs use those standards and Etc. But they've got a lot of great resources on their website. They've got lots of links to great books and all, all sorts of books. I mean, books around every topic you can think of, including subject areas with young children like mathematics and literacy and all that kind of stuff. But I think NACI would be a, is a great resource um, for what you're talking about, Abby, with the the early learning and the child development. Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. That. Yes. And another thing too. Um, which I think is important. And I've said this a few times and I'm sure Dr. Amadon's tired of hearing me say this, but I think it's so important for teachers, particularly young teachers 
to sort of um, take control of their own professional development once they leave um, their program and they go out into the schools to continue to learn and grow and mm -hmm. and seek out conferences and um, uh, resources that spark, you know speak to their passion. So like for you, Abby, it might be you know, delving more into some of that early learning stuff, but um, like a, a regional, like Southern Early Childhood Association has a lot of great conferences that are regional that are easy to get to. And I used to go to those a lot. Um, uh, they would, they hold them all over the place in Nashville, places that are fairly easy to get to from here. Um, but I would say, you know, look at those regional groups like the Southern Early Childhood Association and, you know, seek out opportunity to go and learn and, and, um, develop more of that passion for learning about early childhood and, and keep that up because I think that's a great, um, thing to do, especially when you're new. Cause I think it, um, it's an, it's an opportunity to, to make sure that you, um, you know, stay focused on what it is that you're passionate about while, as you're getting into the grind of teaching and that kind of thing. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. Cause I'm very eager to learn more, you know, um, so I will definitely, yes. Also, you know what, a, a you know, and I love this idea about learning, like a, a conference, like there, like the, if there's conference or like gatherings or meetings that you can go to, cause one, it is okay to have a sub every now and then to get that, to back up, take a breath and like, remember, this is why I'm into this. And, and like to get, it's almost like refueling your tank a little bit. You get, right. get a breath out outside of the classroom. That's always good. Um, another resource uh, and I, well, I know Dr. Monroe and I went to a conference in uh, about the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators. Sounds exciting, but like we got jazzed up. We got like two or three. How many ideas? It was like jazzy. Two or, it was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> two or three ideas that came out of that, and because you know, and we had space in order to talk about it, take it in, and that stuff. So I'm a big believer in those professional organizations and how they can help. Also, the CCBC. Uh, Dr. Monroe, are you familiar with them? The Co I'm Cooperative not. Children's Book Center. At, at the University of Wisconsin Madison. Nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, they, I wonder they why you up, know about that. I know exactly. You know, they put all these book lists that are available there, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. The CCBC, but every now and then you'll see like their book lists go out. It's a pretty well-known place. But anyway, you can go there and see like what book lists like they have like baby to preschool age book lists. They have yeah. elementary school book lists, middle school, high school book lists. So like. You know, sometimes we lean a lot on just what we've heard or what we've seen, but like, here's one that their whole job is like curating books and making sure that kids have access to books, especially when you think about, you want to have books where you see yourselves in the characters, right? You can see right. like your own experiences and things. And so like, that's, that's kind of a beautiful thing is like to have access to those sorts of things. And then, then also too, as a teacher, you can make recommendations to your librarian or even also to work with your local libraries, your local right. public libraries as well. So all sorts of good stuff here. All right. Yes. Anything else that we need to, anything else that pops to mind there, Dr. Monroe? Not right now. If, we, if I think of something, I'll make sure it gets added to the show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for sharing some time with us. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I enjoy sharing my, you know, story and growth as a teacher. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. And, and thank you to everyone out there for tuning in to the teacher's journey, mile markers on the road to better teaching. 
This episode may be over, but the journey to better teaching continues. So please subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when the next episode is ready for a listen. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast. You can also share the podcast with someone you feel may be interested in these stories of teacher development. And are you ready to start your journey to better teaching? Send an email to Nick Sisk, Nick F at Ole Miss.edu, the School of Education Admissions Counselor, to hear about all the options for becoming a better teacher or educational leader. And perhaps you are well into your journey and looking to further advance as a practitioner or researcher in your field. For more information on all of our graduate programs, contact the University of Mississippi School of Education's Graduate Studies Office by sending an email to graduation at Ole Miss.edu. Yeah, also follow the University of Mississippi School of Education on social media at Ole Miss Ed School on Twitter and Instagram. So you can learn about the opportunities like free graduate application weekends. And information can be found in the show notes for this episode like we talked about at roadtobetterteaching.com. And finally, thank you again, Abby, for sharing a portion of your journey with us. And thank you to all of you listeners out there for taking the journey to better teaching. This world is a better place because you have used the gifts you have been given to teach others.